Well, good morning, everybody. Glad to see everybody here this morning. I hope you're well, uh, and I'm, I hope God's meeting you so far, and, and my, my prayer is that, that he continues to meet you uh, uh, through the rest of our time. And if you're new here, if, if, if this is your first time, if you're visiting with us, man, I just want to extend a, a special hello to you. My name's Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. Just want to say good morning to you. So glad you're here, and uh, I'm glad that you're just taking a little bit of your time with us today. And for those of you watching, hi to you uh, as well. I just, I'm just so glad that you're taking some of your your time, wherever you are watching this. I ran into a friend of mine the other day and she said, man, I am so glad that you're putting the messages, you know, on online that we can watch. She said that it just really made a big difference for her, uh, that it, she felt more engaged by it. She felt like she took notes better. She felt like she was a part of us because she, she had to miss a couple Sundays and here and there now because of her job change. And really, gang, that, that's a, a big reason why we do this, uh, to help those who really can't make it here. And so if you're there, you're watching, and for one reason or another, you can't make it here. We're so glad you're able to do that until you can get back here. Uh, just glad that you're watching. We're in this series called What Keeps You Up at Night. When it's 2 a.m. And, and you're tossing and turning, your eyes are wide open. What is it for you? What keeps you up at night? They're all things that cause it. For me, uh, it's my kids. I swear before kids, I never lost an ounce of sleep. I, I, I'm almost sure of it. I know it, but it's just been so long now. And I hear it doesn't get any better as they get older. The, the other day, uh, just the other day, for example, Henry, my four-year-old, twisted his ankle right before bed, and he was crying and crying, and he had twisted it a few days prior to that, and he, he just said, Daddy's going to hurt forever. It's going to hurt forever. And I said, no, buddy. It's, it, listen, God made you so flexible. It, it's going to get better. I promise it's not going to hurt forever. He went to bed, uh, and then a few, few hours later, there I am in bed, Eyes wide open going, man, it's, it's sprained, it's broken, it's going to fall off. Like that's what, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. That's what keeps me up at night. What keeps you up at night? What is it? Last week, Chad started this series off by something that keeps probably most, if not all of us up at night, which is stress. If you, if you weren't here for that message, I'd really encourage you to go online and listen to it because, man, God has something to say about stress in our lives, how actually peace can come uh, with that kind of a stress that keeps us up at night. But for most of us, there is another thing that really does keep us up more often than not, and it's this, it's people. There are people who are just so difficult. They wear you out. They're just always around that you have to deal with. They flat out just wear you out. They always seem to hit that one nerve and it just keeps you awake at night, right? And, and why this keeps most of us up at night, why difficult people or people keep us up at night is because of this, because people problems are the biggest problems, aren't they? They're the most challenging problems. When the phone rings and you see that name and your stomach just turns, right? Or you walk into work and there he is, there he is all day. He's going to be there all day. You got this issue with someone when life is going so good, you know, it just seems like anxiety is at its highest with people. People anxiety is the worst kind of anxiety. Relationships, here's what we know about relationships. Relationships can be the most amazing thing in our lives, but it also could be the most challenging thing that shows up for us. That's how powerful this bond we have in relationships is. 
So if you have your Bibles, this is what we're going to talk about this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open them up. We're going to start in 2 Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2. Uh, and if you want to follow along with me, you also might want to put a mark in Ephesians 4. Just so get your way to 2 Timothy 2, put a mark in Ephesians chapter 4. And if you're electronic, you're on the version or a Bible app and you want to know the translation I'm using, I'm using ESV. That's a translation that we'll be in this morning. We're going to use this to kind of set the pace for, for difficult people, challenging people in our lives. Because here's what else is going on, gang. Here's what's going on. This is why we're talking about it. This is why this keeps us up at night. There is a spiritual element going on too with difficult people, whether you believe it or not, that, that with relationships and with people, there's a spiritual thing going on. I don't think it's a coincidence that God talks so much about relationships in the Bible, especially the New Testament and how we deal with people. And it's not about how we deal with people we like. In fact, he talks way more about people that we don't like or people that we don't get along with. And in fact, I think God has something to say. He wants us to actually think about when it comes to relationships that we as followers of Jesus, we need to respond. We should have a response as a Jesus follower with difficult people, especially difficult people in our lives. So let's check this out really quick. Let's, let's uh, go to 2 Timothy 2 and let's drop down in verse 23 to get stuff moving here to see what God has to say right off the bat. Here's what he says in verse 23. It says, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them acceptance, repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Isn't that great? Like God is telling us something here, and it's something for me It's kind of comforting. He's like, listen, you're going to have quarrelsome, ignorant, foolish people in your lives. It's like God is so real. He knows my life. Like I'm like, you know me. Like you're not just some far out, like you get me. Like you know that I have these people in my life sometimes. And you're like, sometimes all the time. I have them all the time. Some of you out there are saying that. But I just love that he's like, I'm going to respond to real life. I'm going to tell you this is going to happen. And here's what he's saying. Here's what God is saying right here in 2 Timothy 2. He's saying we actually can have a response. And in fact, I can actually have a response where maybe something can really change, not only in that other person and also in me too. Maybe some things can happen. So, gang, here it is. God has given us the bottom line right here this morning. It's not in your notes, but if you want to write this down, I don't have it up on the screen. But here it is. This is the bottom line right out of 2 Timothy 2. We will not be able to stop the difficult people in our lives. Like that's, we cannot control it. We will not be able to stop difficult people coming, but here's what we will get to have saying. We get to choose how we respond to difficult people. So we're not gonna control them in our lives, but this is up to us. We will get to choose how we respond. So I wanna break this down into three sections. You're writing that down as a reminder. We won't be able to get rid of them, but we can respond to them. We have a choice there. We're gonna break this down into who, why, and what. Like, who are the difficult people? Can we recognize who they are? Why are they in my life making me miserable? And then what do I do about it? So that's how we're going to break this down. So who are the difficult people that we face? Who are they? 
We need to understand who we're dealing with. Know also that you, by the way, can be difficult from time to time. I'm just saying, and we don't have time to talk about you. We're just talking about those people. But I'm just saying, you also can be difficult too from time to time. I'm just saying. So uh, who are they? I, I've decided to, um, as we go through these different people, this isn't everybody. Uh, this is just kind of a select uh, few people. But I, I decided to use some kitchen items to help us really know these people that, that we encounter in our lives. I think it's most people that we encounter. So there's the arguer. Who has that in their life where there's just everything's a debate? Everything. It's like, you know, you can't get by with saying anything. It's like somebody says, hey, what time is it? And you say 9.15. They're like, no, actually it's 9.13. Thank you for that. Okay, 9.13, my bad, right? Like it's just, they just love it. They'll talk you to death. They'll just talk you down until you just submit. They just keep talking and talking and talking, right? And they just never let things go. You tell a story and it's your story and they correct it. Like that's just what they do, right? So I think that's kind of like the meat tenderizer and your kids, they just, just pound you and pound you. are like, okay, I'm not even a piece of chicken anymore. I'm like a pink blob. I give up. Like I just, I totally give up. It's the meat tenderizer. We have those in our lives. How about the complainers? You get those? Like everything is negative. Everything's bad. It's just always bad all the time. Debbie Downer. It's like, you know, you're in a restaurant. Man, this steak is amazing. And they're like, yeah, as long as we don't get mad cow disease. Like that's just what they do. And you're like, great. Appreciate that, right? Like it's just so negative all the time. A lot of times, like, I don't know why, but complainers have a nasally sound. They're like, oh, it's like, so it reminds me of like the tea kettle. Like you, you can't take that sound too long at all. It's like, like you got to get it off the oven. Like I can't take it. I'm done. I'm done with you. Like I, I cannot take it. Like stop whistling at me. Like it just wears you out. Like there's the complainers, right? There's demanding people. Anybody got demanding people in their life? Just critical. Just like, just like, or not critical. They're just like always on you. Always up in your business. Demand is it's your boss, right? Your boss is just like always on you about stuff. Or maybe it's that friend that just texts you over and over and over. They just keep texting you and they demand all your time, all your energy. They demand everything you got. And you just, again, they just, they're just demanding of all the stuff. Wherever you turn, there they are. There they are just, just demanding stuff from you. And for me, like the way I thought about this was this is kind of like, um, like your grandma's recipe, like one of those old recipes. You cannot leave the stove for three hours. You have to keep stirring and stirring and you wish you didn't drink the big gulp because you're like, you, got, you can't stir, you can't stop stirring until Jesus comes back. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta keep going. Just so demanding, like just so demanding. This is all my grandma's recipes, by the way. Um, how about the one-upper? Anybody got that? The one-up, just always one-upping you. Doesn't matter what you say, right? You're like, man, I had a great day. Mine was better. Like it's just, it's just always, it, it, you just might as well give up on talking to the one-upper, right? Because no matter what you, don't bring the fact that you got two uh, molars removed. They had four. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't, they always had it worse or they always did it better. It just does not matter. It's the one-upper, right? So for me, like, what I think this is, is this is like the as-seen-on-TV thing, and, you, and we all have a couple of those in our kitchen, right? Like, they just, and here's why it's one-upper. It's like, oh, uh, you, you cut your vegetables with a knife, do you? Well, you need a slap chop. That's better. Like slap chop's better. What are you doing cutting with a knife? You save minutes, minutes on your life. It's just one upper. Critical people. Who has critical people? All right, we won't name names. Don't do that. Uh, no matter how hard you try or how good you do, it's just not good enough, right? Always just critiquing. Always looking. Always kind of judgmental, right? Like pointing out our mistakes all the time. It's, um, here's what it is. It's, it's the health food that's in your uh, shelves that you haven't touched for five years, okay? Like for me, this is it's the bag of quinoa staring at me as I grab the Twix bar, okay? <laughs> staring, judging with his beady little quinoa seed eyes, like saying, yeah, 
You, you go ahead, grab that Twix bar. And, hey, don't forget to grab you a Diet Pepsi because God knows you don't want to put water down your throat. Right? Like that's, and I'm like, give me a break, quinoa. Like, give me a break. Like, just so critical. Like, I'm sorry I like Diet Pepsi. I'm so sorry. So these, these are, it's just, there's just a slice of the people in our lives. I didn't cover them all. Uh, but it, and then also know, like, from time to time, I'm just going to admit to you, I'm these people sometimes too. I just got to realize I'm sometimes those folks as well. But... I also feel like I have a healthy mix of these people around my life. And again, some of you are like, a healthy mix? I got them all, baby. Like, they're all around. Like, there are some of them are right with me, right? Okay. And so we're going to talk about this. So, which leads us to the question, why? Like, why are difficult people in our lives? Like, what? do I have some sort of weird magnet attractant of difficult people in, that, that just comes to mind? And here's the answer. Yes, you probably do. That's the answer. See you later. Have a great week. No, the answer is not yes. You don't have a weird magnet on you. The answer is that we all have these folks in our lives. I don't think that you have a weird attractant on you, okay? So here's the, here's the thing about life. Here's the thing. And I, maybe some of you don't know this. Maybe some of you haven't thought about this. But here's what I'm going to say. Different, different is difficult. Do you know that? Different is difficult. Different people are difficult to me because they say it, they do it, they work it way different than I do, and the way I do it is right. Like, what do you, what's your problem? Like, I do it the right way. I'm not difficult to myself. Like, my way is the way you do it. Like, how I say that, that's the way you say it. And so I'm not the difficult one. You're the difficult one. That's what happens. And it's easy to see this in, in the reason why, because it really happens a lot with people we love, doesn't it? Like, I love my wife. I love Courtney, okay? She's here. I'm not going to be grinding too hard. I'm just saying I love her so much. And we are the same in so many areas, but where we're different, I'm telling you, boy, it's difficult. I mean, it is just so difficult. When I use a knife to spread peanut butter on a sandwich, what I do is I immediately go to this thing and I scrub it off. That's what normal people do, right? Not her. She's a soaker, She's a soaker. She fills the sink up and puts that stuff. So the water like infiltrates it. So it turns into this weird blob and it falls off. Mm-mm, no, uh-uh, no, I hate that. No, don't do that. Don't, don't soak it, right? No. She puts um, dirty clothes in a basket. I think people call it a hamper, I think. Why? I, I like to air clothes out a little bit. I think they need to breathe. I think they need to breathe on fire. I think it helps, like it helps their smelliness. No? Agree to disagree. Uh, but I just, I think that, but that's par for the course, right? Like that, we know what we signed up for with people we love. Maybe, maybe not, but I'm just saying most of us know what we signed up for. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You see, the thing is, God also, though, puts us in all these places, he puts us in church, like he puts us on the baseball team. He puts us at work. He puts us all over the neighborhoods. And he doesn't, if you haven't noticed, he doesn't put us around the same people. That's just what he does. The truth is, gag, here it is. We have different ways. We have different thoughts. We have different personalities. And God put that in us for a really, really important reason. There is something about the way that God made you uniquely that actually leads you to understanding your purpose and his plan for you to actually be doing his work here. It's really amazing. That's why the next sessions is so important for us. The next step sessions are so important. Like one of the next step sessions is, is it's next week is, is a lot of that time is fully dedicated to understanding who you are, how God made you, what gifts he's given you. Because, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but I, I want you to understand every single one of you in this room, if you're a Jesus follower, you have been given a gift by God to make a real difference, not just kind of a difference, a real difference. And we want to be a part of you finding that. That's why we have that next uh, step session for that. So we're unique, we're different, that's why. 
And uh, another reason why I think difficult people around is we live in a world where we just bump into people who, who unfortunately they just say, listen, I don't care. I'm going to do things my way regardless of what it does to you, regardless of how it affects people. And man, we just ding into those folks all the time and it, and it really causes some problem. It causes some difficulties. You know, we have to mess with those folks. We don't treat people well. We don't handle that stuff well. That stuff happens. But here's what I believe. This is what I believe. I do not believe that God wastes a single thing, even the difficult people in our lives. So real quick here, if you're taking notes, you can grab your notes out there. I got three things that I, and we're gonna hit them really quick, but three, three reasons why uh, difficult people are in our lives and gang, listen, why they probably will never go away. Why God actually just kind of allows this in our life. And here's, here we go. Here's what I believe if you're taking notes. First thing I believe is how we treat difficult people, it will reveal the true condition of my heart. Like there is a direct connection of how I actually treat somebody and, and what's going on in my heart, the difficult people in my lives. I think that's one reason. Here's a, here's a second reason. Second reason is difficult people can cause me to grow. They can actually cause me to grow in ways that I would not be able to grow otherwise if I didn't have them in our lives, in my life. I think the difficult people will challenge me to grow in a different way. And here's the third reason why. Here's a third reason why. I think a distinguishing mark of a Jesus follower is loving someone that's hard for me to love on my own. That I think there is a power in God. There's a power that God gives me. There's a power in me because of me being a Jesus follower that allows me to do something that I would not be able to do on my own. Seeing God's power work in me is a reason, it's an evidence of, of actually loving difficult people in the way that he calls me to do it. So, so these three reasons why. These three reasons right here are why I don't think difficult people will ever be removed from us. And now here's what I want to say. It does not mean, it does not mean that there are people who you should not have in your life. Don't, don't hear me wrong. Listen, gang, listen, any abuse is not okay. Any, any kind of abuse, that's not God allowing that in your life. You need to get out of that. Any abuse that's happening, anything, he, that, that shouldn't be in your life, okay? God doesn't want you in that type of situation. Anything that goes against his commands is not what you should be doing. But I'm just, here's what I'm talking about today. I'm just talking about the people who make you crazy. I'm, not, I'm talking about like the crazy makers in our lives. And we're gonna have it and we're never gonna stop with these because I think it reveals your heart. I think it allows you to grow and I think it'll show you that there is a power that you should be leaning into to actually help you. And it's almost a reminder with how you respond. So how do we respond? I want to take the rest of the time this morning and talk about how do I actually respond to these difficult people that are really keeping me up at night? If I can't get rid of them, like what do I actually do? So if you, if you made your mark there in Ephesians 4, let's go ahead and jump there uh, and go to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're just going to, we're going to use these first three verses in Ephesians 4 to kind of help us take some steps, look at what God has to say about, okay, how do I respond if I can't get rid of of them, what do I do? Okay, so let's, let's read this here in Ephesians 4. Hopefully you got there. Let's read the first three verses. Here's what it says, kind of partway into verse 1. Here's what he says. He says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. All right, so here's what I wanna do for the rest of the time. I wanna use this to allow us to find four things, 
Four things, and I'm not, they're simple, but I'm gonna tell us, it's not easy, but I'm telling you, if we do these four things, if we take what he has to say in here and we put, implement these four things, here's what I really believe can happen with difficult people in our lives. I believe God can actually allow us to have peace and control in our lives and not allow uh, control to be outsourced into these difficult people if we follow this. So, so let's use this to start looking at this. Um, God really can't allow peace and control in your life, I believe it. So here's the first thing, if you're taking notes, the first thing that we do is that we have to ask, like, what part am I playing? I have to ask, with this difficult person, what part am I actually playing with this happening in my life? In verse one, here's what it says. It says that we need to walk in a manner worthy of the cause. We got to walk in a way where we have to do that. I have to start walking in how I've been called. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Before you can deal with difficult people, the first thing you need to allow God to do is deal with yourself. You got to deal with yourself. You, you have to know that when it comes to relationships and when it comes to difficult people, I know they have issues. I know they need to change. I, we, I get it. I know. and all. But here's what I want to tell you. In order for actually for them to change, you need to change first. You need to allow God to change you first. I'm not starting with you. I'm going to start with me. And here's why this is so important, gang. This is why so, and, and I don't think a lot of us actually do this. I think we just immediately project on that difficult person. But here's why this is so important. You cannot expect God to change things around you unless you're willing to let God change you first. You gotta let God change you on the inside first if you wanna expect him to change things going on outside of you. And here's what I wanna tell you. I know this is a weird thing to ask, hey, what part am I playing? Asking what part am I playing, that's not blaming myself for what this other person is doing. That's not what this does. But what it does is it actually just lets me take an inventory of God and say, all right, God, like, what are some things I'm bringing to the table here? Am I bringing a bias that, that I didn't even think about. Am I actually bringing a comparison with this difficult person? Because of their behavior, I compare, and my comparison says I'm better than them. Am I judging right away? Am I, the, gang, every single one of those got to get out of the way. None of those are, are what God calls us to do. But that's what happens when difficult people come into our lives. All that needs to go. And when you do that, I'm telling you, when you get rid of these things, you get rid of them by asking this question. You say, man, am I bringing a bias? Am I judging right away? Am I doing that? Is that that's, that's not fair to, to you? That's not fair to me? And, and am, I, am I comparing and causing myself to actually believe I'm a little bit elevated over this person that I'm not? When we actually can do that, I'm telling you, you know what can happen? You may see this other person in a completely different way. Completely different way. It, it's amazing what can happen when you ask that question. You may see what's behind their behavior and have a little bit more understanding because then you can see yourself and understand, you know what, I got a few things going on in my own life that might cause me to have a little bit of a different behavior than I really want. So it might cause me to have a little understanding. But I just ask, when you get to a place with anybody, with whatever is going on, where you can first ask God, help me see what's going on in me. Listen, you will set yourself up. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you ask this question, you will be proactive in guarding your heart and being able to respond in the God way if you do that. So that's the first thing you do. Here's the second thing that Ephesians 4 tells us to do. You bear with them. You bear with them. Right Again, right out of there, it says, we bear with one another in love. Um, as I was looking up definitions and stuff, and you go into the Greek and Hebrew, and, and you find out meanings and stuff. Here's what the literal meaning of bearing with. I love this. It just helps me understand. It means to hold yourself back. Isn't that great? It gives me a visual. Bearing with one another means I need to hold myself back. What do I hold myself back from with difficult people? Well, here's what I hold myself back from. I hold myself back from what I want to say. I hold myself back from what I feel like I want to do. And here's the last, I hold myself back from, listen, feeling the way that I want to feel with what they said or what they did. I've got to hold myself back. 
So how do I do that? How do I do that? Right? It sounds great to hold yourself back, Andy. How do you do that? Well, here's the thing. Paul leads us into that with what he says in verse 2. He says, we do it, it says, with humility, gentleness, and patience. That's the roadmap. That's how we bear with somebody in our life. So let's look at these three things really, really quick. I just want to lay these out if you want to take notes really quick. First that we do to be able to bear with somebody is with humility. That's the first thing that we deploy to bear with somebody, which is to mean you bear with a difficult person first by having an accurate view of yourself. So here, here's what genuine humility is. We, we actually defined this a few weeks back in our Philippians study, but I'm just gonna refresh this really quick. Here's what genuine humility is. It's seeing me, it's seeing me in light of God's holiness and my sinfulness. So like I see God and then I understand me and here's what it does. It actually more often than not will level me with the person that's like I will be now on level with that difficult person. One of the hardest things that we that we'll find ourselves doing is level ourselves up from that difficult person. But when I can actually have a view of God, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And that's a huge thing with humility. Humility puts me more in line with difficult people than it does putting me above them. Next way that we bear with them, it says with gentleness. This is a huge one, gang. I'm telling you right now, because as I thought through this in my own life, here's something that you need to think about. There are two things that you're going to do with difficult people in your life. There's two paths. That's all this is. It's so important to know, because if you don't take a gentle path, then what you're going to end up doing is you're going to take a harsh path, and that's never good. That never lands. You're never going to be near. You're going to be going a gentle path, or you're going to be going down a harsh path. That's the alternative. And gang, that's where things turn out real bad. And did you know, I just want to let you know, did you know before you're kind of like, gentle, I don't know, man, this person really don't work. Did you know that gentleness is probably one of the best offensive weapons you could have with difficult people? It's awesome. Check out what Proverbs 15.1 says. This is straight out of the Bible. Here's what it says. It says, a soft answer, listen, turns away wrath. How about that? A soft answer turns away wrath, but, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Gentleness will actually turn away wrath. You know, I've really learned this is true in my life. I really have. As I've actually been following God and doing things the way that God tells me to do, here's what I've learned. Like when somebody comes at me, when somebody says someone, there's a text thing going on or a Facebook thing, and whatever it is, or when somebody's just, you know, where it feels like there's a tension going on, you know what I've learned? That instead of actually firing back, instead of just like saying what I want to say, just actually t- taking a step here, and when I can actually say, hey, can you help me understand why you said that? When, I'm telling you, it diffuses them. It's amazing what happens when you do that. When you say, hey, can you help me understand why you just did that? Because what they're expecting more often than not is for you to just fire right back to launch another again. It's really funny. It really changes things when you say, hey, help me understand that we use a gentle word and man, wrath will just get out of the way. It's really cool how it happens. And then we also have patience. So we have humility to, to bear with them. We have gentleness and we have patience. Patience, again, as you look in here, and patience is really hard, but it's such a key to, having, uh, to being able to overcome what's going on with so many difficult people. But patience, the way that Paul uses it, it's a great picture to have. It means to have a long fuse. That's what he means with that word patience. So many of us have such a short fuse, don't we? But he's saying you can get to a place where your fuse will actually be long. And what will happen is you can get to a point where it will be a long, 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 long time before the bomb goes up and we blow up. Like you can get there to where you can actually have that kind of patience. So that's, that's how God says that we can bear with people more, and, and honestly difficult people in our lives. That's what we could do. These are the things that we do to bear with people. So that's the second big thing that it says to do. Here's the third thing. Third thing that we do is we don't gossip. We don't gossip. I didn't say it was going to get easier. 
Did I? I didn't say it. Did I, right? I didn't say it was going to get easier. Gang, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to say. If you want to see real, real tangible results with the difficult people that are in your life, you check yourself first, you learn to bear with them with patience, gentleness, and humility, and you refuse to gossip about them. You refuse to do it. And that is not easy to do, is it? It is so easy to actually just, with whenever that person did that thing again, or whenever they said that again, I mean, it's so easy to get on your phone and just text and say, oh, you will not believe they are doing it again. OMG, emoji, emoji, emoji. Like, it's so easy to do that, isn't it? That's what we do. It's hard. We want to tell someone. We want to tell someone the crazy going on in our life. And here's why we do it. I don't know if you think about why you do it. I don't think anybody would say, I love to gossip. I don't think anybody would say that. But here's why we do it. What we do when we gossip is we want affirmation from somebody else to actually validate why I think this person's nuts. Like, that's what it is. We want, we want, we want them to be on our side. That's what would happen. It's like, like, you see why they're crazy, right? Like, you see that, correct? Like, that's what we do. We invite that in. And the issue is it feels kind of good when we do it too, isn't it? It feels kind of good when you, when you have people in a little group, you have these insiders like, man, is, this is going on. I can't believe what she did. But gang, let me tell you here. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm just, if you're a Jesus follower in here, it's unloving. It's unloving. And I'm going to tell you this, it's unbiblical. It's unbiblical. God does not call us to do that. Pastor uh, that I listen to defines gossip like this. It really helps me understand uh, when I'm kind of getting real close to the line. Here's what it is. It's sharing information with somebody who is not a part of the solution or a part of the problem. That's what God, it's when I bring somebody in and they had nothing to do with what was going on, but I'm bringing them in so that I can either feel better about myself or I can feel justified in how I feel about somebody else. That's what it is. Gossip is a form of retaliation. God does not call us to be that kind of person. It's getting back at someone without talking to them. Instead, what you do is you talk behind their back. And the thing is, gang, listen to me. Listen, if you listen to anything about gospel, it's really destructive. It's destructive. It destroys communities. It destroys churches. It destroys organizations. It destroys workplaces. It just, it tears you up. It tears you up. Instead, here's what we do. If you're still in Ephesians 4, Paul tells us what to do. Just drop down here to verse 29. Here's what he says. This is what we do instead. We don't gossip. He says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Here's what I'm going to tell you real quick before we get to the next one. It is impossible if you love somebody and you want to bring them in on, on talking about the crazy, you're like, listen to me. It's impossible to build your friend up when you're gossiping about somebody else. You're making a decision to actually tear them down. And it's, you're putting them in a really weird position when you gossip about somebody else. So just even if you can't get there with a difficult person, get there with a the person you love. You cannot build them up. You cannot bring grace to their lives if you actually gossip about somebody else. One of the best ways we avoid pain and give grace is refusing to gossip. And here's the last thing. Here's number four. Leave room for God to work. Leave room for God to work. Back up to verse three here in Ephesians four. It says, maintain the unity of the spirit. That's what he says. We need to leave God room to work. How does God work in our lives? He works in our lives, Jesus followers, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works in us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our guide. He tips us off. He gives us convictions. He gives us premonitions. The Holy Spirit is alive and well for those of us who call Jesus our Lord and Savior. Here's what Jesus said himself in John 14. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring your, bring your remembrance all that I have said to you. Let me ask you, with the difficult people in your life, have you left room, God, for, for God to work? 
And here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm not asking figuratively, like where you're like, hey, I said Jesus, take the wheel. No, I mean like literally, are you literally giving him room? Are you giving him that person? Are you speaking that person's name to God? Are you saying, God, I'm going to give you some time here. I'm going to give you five minutes and I'm going to say, I need your help. I need you. I need you right now. Speak to me. Talk to me. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to you? Listen, you have to let God have some brain space. You have to let God have some of your heart space. Okay, here, here's one of my biggest, like, I don't know, I'm just really worried about uh, the state of, of, of us as Christians. I really don't know how much we believe God's power that's in us. Because if we really did, here's what happens. If we really believe God's power is in us, if we really believe that there is something in us from him, then we believe it's real, then you will allow God time to show you his will, his power, so that you can actually do something about these po- folks in your life. Look at Ephesians 3.20. I love this. This is one of the verses that I have in my note card box. It's, it's, I love this verse. It's one of the verses that I always remind myself about. Here's what he says. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to, listen, the power at work within us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you have a power within you, that you have something to be able to take real steps with, with this difficult person in your life? Don't believe that you can't do something about it. Don't buy into the lie that, hey, this is just how it's going to be at work, I guess. This is just how it's going to be with that family member. This is just how it's going to be, you know, at school or whatever. You could do something about it. You can really do something because the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in you. It's in you. You have God's power in you. Some of you right now, you have a choice to make with difficult people. You have a choice to make right now with that difficult. It's a boss. I don't know who it is. It's somebody in your life to take these steps. They do things. They've said some things. They're going to say some things. They're going to do some things. They're not going away. They're not going away. But you got to let it go, gang. You got to stop holding on to it. You've got to be able to let it go because it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your relationship with other people. It's going to affect your relationship with God. You have a choice to make about some of these difficult people in your life. And here's the choice that you get to make. You can either let them have power or you can actually allow God's power in you to overcome whatever's going on, whatever's keeping you up at night. You have a choice to make. You can believe a greater power is in you. You've got to believe that God has something to say to you and you have something you could do about it. It's okay, God. Here it is. Here it is. Here's, here's where I'm at with that person. I'm having a challenge. I'm having to, God, work in me. Show me that I can actually look into myself. Show me where I have bias. Show me where I'm judgmental. Hey, hey, control my tongue. Control my tongue, God. Help me not say what I want to say right now, right? Like, help me do that, God. Help me bear with them. Hey, where am I at in gentleness and patience and, and letting humility actually rule my life right now, God? Where, where am I at? That? Help me with this person. I'm not just saying take the wheel. I, I want to be proactive. I want to actually believe that you could do, listen, far more abundantly in me than I even really think. Do you believe God's power is in you to do something? I do. But I know this for me. I need to be reminded of that over and over again in my life. I lose that idea that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is within me. Think about that. It's within me. So I think God is like, you better believe I can help you overcome something with this difficult person. You know, I, I really believe some of you are here for a reason. I believe you're here. And I think God is speaking directly to you about that person. It's your boss, it's your family member, it's somebody at work. And I wanna tell you, this is what I'm gonna tell you and then we're gonna be done. Listen, your problem is not people. Your problem is not that person, it's not. Do you know what it is? It's trust. 
You don't trust God's power in you to overcome. You don't trust that. Can you trust him enough to actually do these things and believe that people don't have to control your life? Do you know that? That person does not have the say to control your life. You have the say. And God's power can actually help you overcome. Will you believe that God actually can allow peace and control to come into your life? If you can get there, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's where things change. I believe it. I believe God can do that with the difficult people in our lives. Let's pray together and ask him to help us. I want to take a minute just maybe as you're sitting there, you know, I do believe some of you are here and you are restless. Like you're looking at some people, you see them, and man, you are restless with somebody in your life. And here's what I want to ask you. I don't, it doesn't, I don't know who that other person is. Are you, looking, are you looking at your part at all in this? Are you, how's your humility? How's your gentleness? How's your patience going with this person? Are you gossiping? Are you giving God room? Listen, this may be what is not allowing you to have control and peace. This is what's allowing that person to have way more power in your life than God wants you to have. God, we come to you. We, we really do come with you with these people, with, with these challenging people. And it's not the people that's the problem. It's our trust in you. We, we want to trust you. We want to open the floodgates of our trust to you. We believe that you have the power that, that can actually help us overcome these difficult people so that we can have peace and control and listen, rest, rest, that we can just lay our burdens on you. We thank you for Jesus and the fact that we can have this ability that you can help us because of him. We, we love you and we pray for proactivity in the difficult people in our lives. Help us. We need you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Hey, gang, that concludes our service. I really hope you do some thinking about some of this. And next week we're going to start with another topic that keeps us up at night. We'll see you next Sunday.